Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Daytona. And it is the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Let's get down to Shay Adam, who is with us for the Crowd Strike Pit Reports. Good morning, Shay. Good morning, John, and good morning to the Lexus fans out in the paddock uh, because I found Frankie Montecalvo. And, Frankie, the big story developing overnight was the BOP change for 10 of the 11 cars in the GT3 spec of IMSA Racing. Lexus, on pole, the only car that didn't get adjusted. This, to me, is a huge advantage to you guys because you know exactly what you've got. And what you've got is fast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the car has been great since we rolled off the truck. This is a car that the team has consistently known over the years, and we've just made it better and better. So to come in here for the 24-hour race and start on pole is great. We know what we have, and we know what we really need to do to, to stay up front, and it's just going to be stay out of trouble for 24 hours. So uh, we're looking forward to getting going here. I think the conditions uh, should be a lot warmer than uh, what we've seen at the Roar. So that will change everything a little bit for everyone out there to get the setup just right. But last year, you guys won a very warm race at Watkins Glen. And uh, in 2020, you won a very warm and wet race at Road America. So the Lexus kind of likes the warm conditions too, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the team just knows the car. So it's easy for them to kind of get it back into the window where it really needs to operate. So, uh, you know, we just leave it up to the guys on the stand to just make sure where we need to be. And then uh, up to the drivers to stay out of trouble for, uh, for a long one. You talked about the team knowing the car, but now there's four drivers in the pro car as well as four drivers in the GTD car. How has that changed the um, effort and the feedback when now you've got another voice at Daytona? Um, we're pretty lucky that all the drivers seem to have exactly the same feedback. And, you know, being the GT Pro cars and the GTM cars are exactly the same, it really is great to hear that. So you could get the car dialed on both sides and really come together and make the car, you know, better. And finally, Vassar Sullivan with championship now alongside the name from Sports Car Racing. It was on the GTD Pro side. How do you and Parker Thompson work together this year to get it for GTD? Uh, We're just really looking forward to getting going with the season. I mean, Parker's been a a great addition to the program. Um, Putting it on pole as first qualifying is awesome to see, so it gets us uh, really motivated to start the season. Good luck. Thank you. Peter Mackay is with me, John Hindoff, in the Global Broadcast Centre and has all of the details of the BOP, uh, which, as you heard here there, are legion. Uh, quick rattle through, Pete. This is, yeah, this is for, the, for those who are, are maybe new to IMSA, this is something that's what's used flag, all, all the over the world uh, in, uh, in sports car racing to balance cars that are very different in their uh, original configuration to try and get as close a race as possible. So we've seen quite a lot of running at the Roar before the 24 test uh, and indeed the qualifying session to set the grid for the 62nd Rolex 24-hour at Daytona. But there's been a slight change um, to quite a lot of the cars. The only, as, uh, as she mentioned, the Lexus, the only car not to be given a balance of performance adjustment. So to to, to rattle through them, Acura, uh, they've actually been given a little bit of a lift. They've got uh, 7.1 kilowatts more 
power uh, and they've been given two litres extra fuel. The Aston Martin, the new Evo Aston Martin, it's very important to to add. They've had 10 kilograms taken away and one litre of fuel capacity added. So a little boost for the Aston there. The the BMW, the M4 GT3, uh, at 9.1 kilowatts of power extra and three litres of fuel extra. So a little boost for the BMW. The Corvette uh, have had an extra degree of wing angle added. So that will slow them down on the straight slightly but they have been given two litres extra of fuel. The Ferrari is an interesting one because the Ferrari hadn't necessarily showed, uh, you know, top, top pace on the timesheets, and yet they've been given 10 kilograms extra weight. They've had four kilowatts of power taken away and a degree of wing angle added, which again will slow them on the straight a little, and a litre of fuel taken away, so quite a lot of, uh, of bringing back for the Ferrari. The new Ford, now this is a brand new car, so quite difficult for... Uh, the balance of performance process the new Ford has been given an extra 15 kilos, the the Lamborghini uh, Huracan has been given an extra 5 kilos, Lexus has been left alone as we've mentioned, now the McLaren interesting one, we've got a couple of McLarens in the field for Inception Racing and Faf, yes, Faf McLaren, we've got to get used to that one, having been with Porsche for so many years, they've had 10 kilograms of weight taken off and have had two extra litres of fuel, so a little boost for the McLaren. Now, the AMG, a car that was so quick last year, really lit the timing sheets up in the sector times as well, and one in the GTD Pro class. They've kind of been nowhere through the roar and through qualifying. They've had 15 kilograms taken away. They've had uh, one mil uh, added to each restrictor, so more power from the engine, equating to about 8.5 kilowatts and they've had a degree of wing angle taken off, so a bit quicker on the straight, and three litres of fuel added in. And finally, the Porsche, the the pole sitter in GTD Pro, 20 kilograms added, quite a lot of weight added, and but they have had a degree of rear wing angle taken off, so should get a little bit less, a little bit less drag on the straight. Deep breath. So am I right in are. saying then that the only car that wasn't touched was the Lexus, which was Paul Sitter? Uh, correct, and gained <laughs> most amount of time from its roar practice sessions to the qualifying. Now, what we should say is that uh, the balance of performance is not set by IMSA anymore. It is set by a committee of all of the teams and all of the manufacturers. They get the information from IMSA and then they basically rock, paper, scissors it out in a meeting, apparently. Um, so there should be no complaints about this <laughs> because it is being set by the people to whom it refers, if that makes sense. So we'll, we'll see. It's a new approach. Um, I, I mean, when, like when you look it. at it, well, when you when you look at the you look at the proofs in the pudding, you look at the times from qualifying, particularly twenty three cars within a second. I don't think that's I don't think that's a bad job at all. And you know, we're throwing new cars into the mix. Corvette are here with uh, a new car. Uh, the Ford is completely from the ground up uh, a new. Uh, machine. The Aston Martin has got a, an Evo kit on it, so there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to contend with uh, for uh, for the uh, the balance of performance process. In GTP, it's been very very close uh, as well. They've, they've, I don't believe there've been any GTP changes. Um, so between the the Cadillac, the BMW, uh, the Porsche, and the Acura. So we'll see. There's there's still quite a bit of running between now and the race and in the hours of daylight and indeed uh, night practice 
as well. So we'll see who, which cars and indeed which drivers are showing the pace because so often at this Rolex 24-hour, when it comes down to those last few hours, we often have that dogfight, that shootout, where uh, the teams and, and drivers go for the, the glory, and that's where you really need your absolute best driver in the car. Driver. You need your gun, yeah. yes. That's exactly the right way to put it. Uh, no prisoners uh, taken at that point. Uh, so this is a one-and-a-half-hour session, and you'll hear it all live here on IMSA Radio. Thank you for joining us. At Ibsa Radio on the socials, you know the script. Let us know where you are. If you're at the track, it's 107.9 FM. That is WWDS. DIS, excuse me. Uh, already a penalty for a couple of cars. The number's 99, that's the Aston. And the number 5 is the. Porsche, uh, excuse me, 99 is now the um, program competition, uh, is the AO car, excuse me, the Spike Dragon car, and Neil Gianni back on the horse that bit him at the weekend, the program competition Porsche 963, uh, leaving the pit box early, that will be drive throughs that's another one that's going to annoy you, Adam, um, no need, in- inexcusable, she's just says, in my <laughs> Oh, she's a hard she's, task. She's feisty this morning, isn't oh, she? Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It is 84 uh, on the track, 77 Fahrenheit in the air. That's 25 Celsius in the air, 29 on the track. So coming up nicely in terms of uh, the temperatures, uh, I'd say almost perfect at the moment in terms of weather Peter and early times Richard Westbrook now for Porsche and JDC Miller Motorsports quickest from Philippe Fraga the best of the P2s for Riley then Tower Motorsport then Jack Hawksworth for the Lexus but this is very much early days as people are just feeling their way through the session It, it, not quite to the uh, the top pace yet, but that's to be under uh, that's to be understood. We'll see the drivers getting up to to full running pace uh, quite quickly. I would imagine an hour and a half session. Good chance to do a long run if you want to. However, uh, the teams they do have to be careful with their uh, their tire allocation because that allocation is is the same as what they'll need in the uh, uh, in the in the race. So we've got to be careful of that one. Shea Adam in our as our crowd strike pit lane reporter, Shay, it is it is quite punitive in terms of a 24-hour race to go to come, and tyre allocation starts right now. Well, for the GT3 spec cars, so GTD Pro and GTD, there are 25 sets of new Michelin tyres that are given for this race week. One set is allowed to be carried over, and that is the qualifying set of tyres. Now, you don't have to start on your qualifying tyres because this is the Rolex and things are a bit different. But for the GTP and the LMP2 cars, they are allowed 21 and 23 sets of tires, respectively. 
for the race, they do still have an allocation carried over from the Roar. They were allowed 33 total sets of tires in GTP and 36 total sets of tires for LMP2. Now, we don't know how many new tires they have left that don't count, but they need to make sure they have 21 and 23 left new, respectively, each for the race. So it does complicate things a lot, especially when you think about a 24-hour race, potentially 23 pit stops. You want 23 new sets of tires. That ain't happening for this year's Rolex for GT3 spec cars. So the strategy of the fair Cancashire uh, starts right now uh, in terms of that, Peter. And, and this is all part, all part of the show. And it's all part of, of IMSA trying to do their bit and Michelin the same, developing tyres that are uh, more robust and will deliver peak performance for as long as possible in the race. And that's something that they can then, of course, that's part of the messaging for transferring to the road technology as well. Certainly, you know, Michelin tyre, what they're able to deliver on the roadside from a durability and performance point of view is, is fantastic and that of course comes through uh, from uh, from motor racing so yeah I think it's uh, it, it adds an element of strategy in of how you've got to be tactical and how you use those new tyres and also preparing them for the race, uh, this could be one of the warmest Rolex 24s we've had in several years so you know, the sticker tyres aren't going to be as much of uh, a worry as they were two years ago when we had nearly freezing temperatures but they still a worry nonetheless no tyre warmers of course so you've, if you're on sticker tyres you've got to be quite careful on those, uh, those opening lap or two it's Peter Mackay along with me John Hindoff and Jeremy Shaw who is in the booth first opportunity to see these cars uh, this week after the qualifying qualifying's all done and dusted we talked about this on Midweek Motorsport yesterday this has been this happened for a few years, Jeremy. We did have a qualifying, a 100-minute qualifying race uh, for a, a, a couple of a couple of years. Yes, indeed. And uh, from my perspective, I'm glad we're back, we're back to tr the tradition. Proper qualifying session, set the grid for the race, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's, it's it's certainly fun to set to have uh, qualifying before official practice. It's kind of weird, but uh, look, it, it it works well, um, and. Uh, last weekend, the qualifying session was really rather interesting. In fact, extremely interesting. Yes, it was. Uh, and it just set the tone for, the, for what should be a very, very exciting week. I mean, boy, the, the level of competition in all, well, just three classes this year, of course, because no LMP3s, but we do have uh, 10 GTP cars. We've got more uh, LMP2 cars than in the past, with uh, 13 cars making the... Uh, the start here in the opening round of the season so that's a big improvement from last year which I'm uh, pleased to see yeah I'll be absolutely honest. right I, I think that's going to be a great class it's going to be a tremendous class isn't it yeah, absolutely look at the quality right. of the teams in there Joe. yeah and drivers it's, yes, it's immense absolutely it's fabulous totally agree with you uh, and then we've got what the, the two GTD classes uh, GTD Pro got 13 entries this year I think we're going to have 10 or so for the full season and in GTD 23 entries so a packed field 59 cars and it's going to be lots of fun. And as Peter McCarr was just saying, there's been a few bounce of performance tweaks, actually a lot of tweaks, since the Raw test last weekend. Those were announced last night. There was a meeting of the IMSA Technical Working Group on Tuesday. Uh, basically, that's all the manufacturer representative getting together and thrashing out the balance of performance between them. It's not IMSA that makes the call these days. It's the technical working group, which is comprised of the manufacturers are, that are involved 
in the in the championship, which is a, a pretty novel approach. Different way of going um, about it. Different way of going about it. I mean, the team, the, the manufacturers can't now go to IMSA and say, "Well, we need a better bounce performance." They'd have to go to their uh, rival team, uh, rival manufacturer, and say, "You know, this is not right. We need to, we need some help uh, relative to everybody else." And they, they had, then have to thrash it all out amongst themselves. It's really a novel approach. Uh, that was the eighth meeting of the technical working group. The first one, I think, was right after Watkins Glen last summer. Uh, and uh, they've had a bunch of meetings regularly since the end of the season at uh, Petit Le Mans. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. Certainly, as Peter was saying a little while ago, it, it showed in the roar before the 24 test last weekend that they are very closely matched in GT in GT and with all those tweaks now it's it's kind of reset the field a, a little bit and we'll see what to what shows up by the end of today what's interesting to me as well Jeremy is um, in the GTP category I know it wasn't perfect qualifying this time last year for those cars but the whole field that qualified beat the qualifying lap record which itself had been set just a few years ago by the Mazda and Ollie Jarvis um, and that had been a very long standing qualifying lap record before that going way back into the, the mists of time um, that tells you just how quickly these guys are getting on top of the performance the complexity of these GTP race cars the development has gone on a pace I, I, I accept what Tim was saying yesterday that it wasn't perfect conditions last year but even so for the whole field to beat the lap record that is that is something pretty special well it is and yeah you talked about that 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 record going back a long long time the uh, the the fastest time ever for for a uh, prototype around here was actually set at the raw test in 2019 by oliver jarvis yeah they won 33.3 uh, the, the pole position he also claimed that same year with the Mazda was a 133.6 so that was the official lap record around here for qualifying but uh, as you say all uh, last year the best of the GTP times was a 134.0 so three and a half tenths down on the best ever time that was set by Oliver Jarvis but uh, all much quicker than that this year and before Ollie Jarvis brought that Jeremy that was PJ Jones's uh, All-American so. races what was that 20 odd years before that yeah 92 90, 90, 92 was the uh, was the uh, fastest race lap that was uh, was set by uh, Masahiro Semi that was actually the fastest time around here I think that was in the race actually 92 mm. the 138.495 what, what are the the detuned P2s are going faster than that now, I think, aren't they? It's incredible, isn't it? Significantly faster. No, well, no. The pole time for uh, P2 uh, was a 138.5, yeah, which is fractionally outside the time set by Masahiro Hosemi in the Nissan R91CP. It was uh, PJ it was on the pole there with a 39.3, but fastest lap in the race was quicker. Hello to Scott Bowman, who is tuned in to Tarek. Remind, it's not just the WeatherTech this weekend. We've just had Pilot Challenge. We've got Mazda, the Whelan MX-5 Championship. Here's how it stands then. Dries Van Tour, quickest for BMW. Last time around in a 136.8. From Richard Westbrook, getting up the speed in that number 85, JDC Miller, Porsche, 963, then Neil Janney for Proton, 
That's the car that was crashed in the final practice session on Sunday. So that car did not qualify. He, Neil was behind the wheel of the car coming up to the kink. And Sebastian Borde on an outlap. And Neil, I don't know whether he didn't see him or whether he wasn't expecting it to be going so slowly. But as I said, Borde was on a, an outlap. And we know there's no tyre warmers here. And Neil looped the car to the inside took the nose off the car it did not reappear for qualifying somewhat almost an hour later in LMP2 CrowdStrike Racing by APR APR being Algarve Pro Racing had a quick chat with Stuart and Sam Cox this morning at breakfast right up for this they are right up for this this weekend looking forward to the challenge they are best of the best in P2 at the moment in GTD Pro Jack Hawksworth for Vassa Sullivan Lexus number 14 leads by half a second from Davide Rigon for Risi Competizione and the 296 Ferrari that's the number 62 the 023 is next up that's important Alessio Rivera for Triazi in their 296 Ferrari ahead of the third place GTD Pro 23 for Heart of Racing team and Ross Gunn back with them then it's Antonio Ferrocco for Chetilar Racing in the 47. That's the blue Ferrari 296. Conquest and Alberta Costa Balboa in the 34 Ferrari is next up. That's third in GTT. Then the best of the Corvettes is the a customer car, Matthew Bell for AWA in the number 13. Then it's Kai Cosolino for AF Courses Ferrari, number 21. Mick Grenier is 6th in GTT, 9th of all of the GT cars for caught off Preston Motorsport in the AMG Mercedes. And then uh, it is Mike Rockenfeller for Ford Multimatics, the best of the Mustangs, number 64 next up. Uh, that is the top 10 in GT, a mix of GTD and GTD Pro. Uh, worth making the point again that... The, uh, that the GTD and GTD Pro cars, Jeremy, are identical, only the drivers are different. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in, and in GTD Pro, you don't have to be a pro driver, uh, but in GTD, uh, you can be a pro driver. It's a bit complicated, uh, but it basically you, you can basically enter whichever class you like, but the, the, the main differences are the minimum drive time when it comes down to the race. Uh, in uh, GTD Pro, I think it's I think two hours is a minimum drive time somewhere. That's right. Uh, yeah. And uh, but for the uh, in GTD, it's four hours. Four and so a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Thanks. Quite soon. The interesting, uh, the number sixty uh, Iron Links Lamborghini have moved from the GTD class to the GTD Pro. I think for that reason. So that no, the reason for that is they have two pro drivers. They've got two platinum rated drivers. Ah, I th I Isn't thought it was right? more for the driver the driver time they had to worry about unless they've shuffled their no, lineup. No, sixty around. car, but, but well, yeah, they also but they also have two two platinum drivers, Matteo Caroli and Romy Grosjean. I think that's yes. uh, as, as as well, uh, if you like. Uh, puts them up into the other class but, yeah, but they do have a bronze in their car too which you wouldn't expect normally in the GTD Pro no, class but the, the, the same in the Sun Energy 1 Mercedes team they got three factory drivers there in the number 75 Mercedes Mauro Engel Jules Gugnon uh, champion last year of course for Welset Racing uh, and Lucas Stolt uh, uh, but, and with joining them is the uh, the bronze driver Kenny Abul 
Kenny's not um, he's not scared of going up against the big boys. He's won Bathurst overall uh, as a bronze, which is an immense achievement. Yeah. Um, it was a slightly different year that year. Um, in fairness, won it twice though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He, yeah, he's won it twice now, and he owns property on Conrod Strait. Of course, he bought the big house there, and that's where he based himself for the uh, for the the race. The rep called Bathurst, uh, Bathurst 12 Hours coming up in February. We'll have that for you live and free across the world at Sound and Vision with the early sessions coming to you courtesy of a new partner. We'll be giving you some news about that as we get closer to it. Fits nicely now in between Daytona and Sebring. And straight off the back of that, of course, is the start of the World Endurance Championship as well, which is starting at Lusail in Qatar with the prologue and the first race which is an 1812 kilometer race yeah great idea uh, it's to do with the formation of the country I think I think it's, that's what it comes down I, I reckon it'll be an 8 hour it'll end up being an 8 hour race I'm pretty certain that's in the race as well we'll have coverage of that for you as well of course across the network so with us focusing here on RS2, on IMSA, but with Bathurst WEC, the Creventic 24-hour series, as well as Nürburgring 24, and rest assured, whatever happens at the Nürburgring for their series, we'll be bringing that to you as well. And this year, a new raft of historics as well, all to come totally committed to endurance motorsport here at RSL and delighted to have IMSA back in our portfolio fastest time in the session Kevin Estra has just gone quickest and come into the pits 136.396 just edges a tenth ahead of his teammate Dane Cameron and great to see Dane back for a a tilt at, at IMSA this year he did the World Endurance Championship last year as his kind of full-time uh, ride and this time now back into IMSA. I think that's a good decision from the uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport crew because Dane has got such a such a record here in, in IMSA knows the circuits inside and out knows the championship inside and out. I think he's going to be a man to watch this season. Yeah, a lot easier for him too with a young family. He doesn't have to be uh, on a plane to, to Europe every uh, every 15 minutes it must seem like for him I know he's excited to be uh, he, he was super excited to race in the World Endurance Championship but also very excited to be back here for a full campaign in North America and looking for another into the championship So two Porsches at the top of the timesheets right now in this early point in the, the session then it's the BMW M Team RLL car of Rene Rast uh, Rennie Rast, a recent signing for BMW. He was an Audi man for so many years, had huge success in, uh, in DTM and in endurance racing, but switched to the, uh, to the BMW factory with their uh, BMW M Hybrid V8. Louis Delatra is in fourth in the Wayne Taylor racing by Andretti, or with Andretti, excuse me, Acura ARX. 06, that's the number 40 car. They've got two cars now. Um, so Acura have gone with one team with two cars rather than two teams with a car each. So that's the number 40 Dex imaging machine. It looks fantastic in that black and red colour scheme. Alongside Colton Herta, Jordan Taylor making a return 
to WTR and Jensen Button, 2019 F1 World Champion. Yes. Yeah, so had a chat uh, with those guys last night, actually, and as part of the opening down at Daytona, uh, one Daytona, and they, they were in fine, fine form uh, yesterday evening. Talk more about that in a moment. Let's go down to Cher Adam, who is our CrowdStrike pit reporter for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship this uh, this session to be joined by Joe Bradley and Nick Damon later in the weekend. Shay, where are you? I'm in uh, Porsche Penske World with uh, Felipe Nasser and Matt Campbell. I want to start with Matt because you just got out of the car, didn't you? Uh, it seems like the conditions are a little bit more favorable this morning towards the Porsches with a bit more heat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, obviously full rebuild and everything and car's feeling good already in the first session. Uh, I'll get back in uh, after Dane finishes this run, but uh, so far everything going to plan. A busy day ahead. How many new sets of tires, roughly, I'm not asking for an exact number, I wouldn't want you to portray that confidence, but how many tires did you guys hold back from the roar to be able to play with for this practice going into the race? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's quite tough, you know, we're quite limited, we tried to save as much as possible, but running today, you know, we have to be very smart on our run plan and, and setting everything up, um, just to get the most out of the tire and, and get the best read as possible, because, you know, today's a busy day, it's where we're going to really fine-tune the car for the race as we, you know, really go through all condition types. So, uh, you know, it's just being as smart as possible with run plan to, to get as most out of it as, as we can. And for Felipe, do you feel like there is a difference sharing the car with four drivers? I mean, it's busy. You get a lot less seat time. Yeah, it's, it's very busy, especially during practice days. I don't think you get everybody a chance, you know, to drive the car as much, but I'm pretty sure they'll drive a lot in the race. So... No concerns in that point, and it's actually, I'd say you can distribute better the time of driving during the race. Uh, I think we got a great lineup, pretty strong. I think we, we got a good car in our hands as well. We're really getting to those final details this week. Uh, one big difference is the weather, as you can see, much warmer. So just trying to make the final adjustments, final preparations, but so far we're looking good. The weather is much more favorable for a Brazilian and an Australian than it is perhaps some of your uh, other teammates. So how is the heat going to help you guys get to victory lane over the others? I guess the heat is good for Brazilians and Australians, right, Matt? Yeah, so I think we're ready for it. And, uh, yeah, can't wait for uh, race day, really. Good luck. Thank you. Quite interesting, that point, Jeremy, that Shea's made there, that so many of the teams, in fact I think it's now all of the GTP teams isn't it, who have gone for uh, except the wheel and a car actually, thank you um, have gone for four drivers this year rather than just the three it, it's been available for quite some time Jeremy hasn't it, that option indeed so and uh, you know, but for the last several years the, uh, the, the, the vast majority have gone for three drivers rather than four, the reason, reason for that was um, not bringing somebody into the car just for this race who doesn't have an awful lot of experience in the cars uh, and certainly that was the case last year when they were learning about these GTP cars for the first time but I think uh, it, we'll, we'll get the, the team owner perspective on that as the, as the day progresses we've got another uh, practice session this afternoon of course and night practice tonight so oh, today is the bulk practice. of the running in, in preparation for the race just one session tomorrow that's effectively the warm up for the race uh, but yeah, it's really interesting to see. And I think you know, I mean, these GTP cars—they are seriously complicated. Um, 
from from every aspect, including as a driver. Uh, there's a lot going on behind the behind the steering wheel, and I think it's uh, uh, just uh, keep, keeping the drivers slightly fresher uh, by having uh, four drivers rather than three and spreading the load around. Because uh, at least by now, uh, with a year on these cars, the teams and the drivers are more familiar familiar with them than they were one year ago. Uh, that's interesting what you've just mentioned there Jeremy because I still get people who say to me oh, I, I, these aren't proper prototypes it's not like the old LMP1 days they're just tarted up LMP2s there's a few spec parts on them uh, wrong 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 wrong, 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 wrong again <laughs> I, I mean you couldn't be more wrong there first of all they're not LMP2s because the new LMP2 category um, will be based on these chassis, not the other way around. I granted that's not how it was meant to happen. But when Porsche went to Multimatic, Peter, um, they haven't they haven't got Multimatic to design them an LMP2 chassis. They've got them to push the regulations as as hard as they can to build that chassis optimally for this rule set. These are cars they were building with you know, factory involvement to go and win the Le Mans 24 hours, the Rolex 24 at Daytona, Sebring 12 hour, you're not going to be, if you can go to the very edge of the rule book, they will. Um, that's, that's, how, that's how factory motorsport works. And I think it's fantastic to bring in, the, uh, you know, bring in the chassis manufacturers to see what can we really do here. And I'm sure for the companies like Multimatic, for Orica, for Ligier, Delara, I'm sure they love the challenge to work with the marks to, to get the best package possible. I'll develop that in a second, but Jeremy, we've had a new fastest time. Yeah, the uh, BMW of Rene Rast to the top of the time charts this morning. A 136.369 for car number 25. That's the car he will be sharing with the the same pair from last year in Conor Filippi and Nick Yellowley. And incidentally, this is the first, I think it's the second time in Conor Filippi's career that he's had the same co-driver uh, one year to the next. Uh, and the fourth driver in that number 25 car this weekend will be Maxime Martin from Belgium. Hugely experienced, of course, and uh, back in the, the BMW fold for, for Maxime. And if, that, if it rains, by the way, watch Max. Yeah. He is outstanding in the wet. Just in in LP2, yeah, uh, Toby Sowery fastest. That's a, a name that might not be familiar to many fans here. Uh, if you've been racing, he, he's from England. From just outside of Cambridge, uh, if you're a fan of uh, North American racing, you might be familiar with Toby because he's been successful in uh, what used to be in the light, now in the next next NXT. Uh, he's uh, had success there in the past, but uh, got this opportunity to join the uh, CrowdStrike by APR04 team. Uh, and uh, loving it, and uh, chatted to him briefly over the weekend, and he's really enjoying this opportunity, uh, and uh, he loves driving these cars, and looking forward to what will be his first sports car race. And he's still got his FIA silver oh, grade. Oh, I lie, he did one British GT race yes, he did, a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, and he's we'll let you off, Jeremy. <laughs> um, I just want to develop that thought about the, the the complexity of GTP cars, because yes, of course, the motor and the hybrid battery unit, in fact, the, the battery bundle, the hybrid bundle, if you will, that is spec from WAE. But what is fascinating and tantalizingly exciting for me 
is Peter that the software that controls all that is completely open so you want to get ahead in in motor racing now um take a programming course because yeah bump and rebound and oily bits and uppy downy bits fine but ones and zeros is where it's all at at the moment with these cars and even within manufacturers i'm led to believe porsche customers don't have to use the software that they've been given by porsche not necessarily as far as i understand um, i think they are at the moment I suppose in the early days that makes sense uh, because as we've talked about they're such complex cars and you've got to you know, take that development on um, you, you listen to some messages coming out of the, the HRC and the Acura camp that's been the area that they've really been developing too is the is the software side to really get the best out of the car the way that they deliver the power also the efficiency it can work for everything everything that the car does all goes through uh, that, ele- that kind of electronic area so you, you're spot on but that's of course where it's amazing seeing the different approaches by each manufacturer how you've got some where they have effectively works cars and that's it uh, and others that that work with uh, both they have works cars and have customer cars so and when you're the the works cars are always going to have a better budget to play with and that's often where it comes down to the more people that you throw at a problem the more it costs um so that that's something that we'll see how that plays out as this gtp era evolves I mean, right now, we are just spoiled, absolutely spoiled rotten. Um, we were last year in the very first race of the GTP category, and we've continued to be. Yeah, it's incredible. I, 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 I spoke to a few people last weekend, and it, it's, it's, what's amazing to me is that the difference in expectations, I guess, going into the race. One year ago, yeah. the, the thinking was, cool, crikey, these GTP cars, they're going to be falling by the wayside right from the checkered flag. It's more than likely the LMP2 car is going to win. Yes, exactly. And it turned out to be absolutely opposite to that. The GTP cars were remarkably reliable. Uh, and it was really only one sort of failure. Pretty much all of them finished, except for the one. It, it, was, it, was, it was great. But now, with a whole full year of develop, proper development on these cars... There's a lot more uh, knowledge that they have at their disposal going into the race. Share Adam with a crowd strike pit report and Jules Gounon. Well, if there's anyone who knows what it takes to win this race, Jules Gounon, you were part of the team that did it a year ago in a Mercedes. You now have the same BOP that you had a year ago, different tyres. Does this Sun Energy 1 Mercedes feel like a winning Mercedes now? Well, uh, like you said, it's very difficult to win here. Uh, last year we got lucky. We had everything that went our way. And uh, this year I expect a very close fight um, from the roar, the changes that has been made. I don't want to comment on them, but I think Imsa did a pretty good job to put every man, everyone much tighter. At least that's what I saw today on track. Uh, for us, we are obviously same as last year, more or less, but other brands got improved from last year. So Lexus looks very strong. I think the McLaren will be strong in our class. The Lamborghini will be very strong in Ferrari. I think everyone is in the game, and that's very nice because what we want is all a fair fight, and I think we all have a chance now to, to try to go for it and to get a watch. But there is so much more to take into consideration than only the BOP to win this race, and it's, a, it's a, for sure a part of it, but the rest will be depending on the team drivers and strategy. And it's better when you win, when you have to beat everyone, as opposed to when it's an easier win. And not saying that it was last year, but saying that's how everybody wants to go out and race. Well, last year, obviously, we didn't even win overall. We were behind a GTD car, so 
So uh, that's what we want to actually to win overall. Uh, that will be a good thing. But to be already in the fight in the last six hours, that's our target. And then we will see uh, what everyone has got in their hand and uh, which card they have. But at the moment, we're going to have to also dial the car much more in because the temperature has completely changed compared to the roar. And uh, with a much warmer track time, the car feels completely different. So we have a bit of work to do on the setup and uh, see what we can get. You've had a lot of success sharing Sun Energy One Mercedes with Kenny over the years. How good is it to be reunited with your buddy here? Yeah, it's amazing. With Kenny, we have always amazing time. And uh, every time I think about it, uh, when I see I was uh, Kenny, Luca and I in the top step of Bathurst, it was uh, an incredible feeling. And I hope we can uh, have a good feeling from here too. Kenny is an incredible driver. Sometimes you have to forget. Sometimes we forget he's an amateur because he's so quick and especially in Daytona uh, last year he was as quick as Silver so um, that's also a good thing for us that we know that in our team we have Kenny and he's very strong so hopefully uh, yeah we will have a good one and uh, then have uh, some good fun with him. The crew is looking for your feedback I'll let you get back to work thanks for the chat. Thank you Shia. Thank you Shia Adam for that crowd strike pit report. Uh, interesting to hear there from Jules Gounod very honest I think and he Last year, of course, winning the GTD Pro category with the WeatherTech uh, Mercedes, you look at the sector times and uh, indeed the overall best lap times from last year's race, Jules was the fastest driver in sector one, the fastest driver in sector two through the whole race and the best overall lap. So he's really got the groove at this racetrack. And as she rightly alluded to, the AMG was really strong last year. It was strong all around the world last year, Peter, Correct. wasn't it? Yeah, good point. Let, let's be uh, quite honest uh, about that because it was one of the class. It was probably the class of GT3 around the world. If you took, you know, all the big races, it was there or thereabouts, which makes it for me even more disappointing that the FIA and the ACO did not allow. AMG into the World Championship or to Le Mans um, I, 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 I I could talk for hours on that uh, the engine noise in the background is that of Kevin Estra and he's just gone uh, to the top of the timing with a 136.281 ahead of uh, René Rast in the number 25 BMW in second in GTP um, however that's not one I want to draw attention to. That number six, 963 Porsche, is bouncing around on the faster part of the circuit quite worryingly. Um, we have the benefit, thanks to our colleagues at NASCAR Productions, uh, of the onboards. And coming down the trioval last time around and also into the Le Mans chicane, my goodness me, that is very very scary looking in that car and Faf McLaren have had similar porpoising issues with the car certainly when we were watching some of the sessions at the Raw before the Rolex 24 uh, that was that was a bit scary uh, you're listening to IMSA Radio we're live from Trackside well, sort of above the track, um, as much as alongside it, as we look down on the tri-oval. Um, our CrowdStrike 
pit lane reporter is Shea Adam and she is pit side and track side. It's Peter Mackay, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindhoff in the booth at the moment. And we are some uh, 50 minutes still to go in this one hour and 30 second, one, one hour and 30 minutes session, which has seen, I think, everybody has yes. come out for this, Jeremy, is that right? Yes, yes they have. Yes, they have. And uh, did you just, just say that Kevin Estra's uh, to the top? Yes, indeed. In the uh, number six Porsche now, then, 136.2 for the Frenchman. René Rast remains in second place for BMW. Hard to say that, isn't it? René Rast, BMW, ranks. Um, spent many years, of course, with Audi and before that Porsche. Uh, now with BMW as well, so that's uh, yeah, the trifecta for René. He was never uh, a Dave Porsche Cameron works driver. In third position. He was never a Porsche works driver, would you believe? A Super Cup ace, but never actually a works driver at Porsche. Who was that? Rennie Rast. Really? Yes. Hard to believe. Wow. Audi factory driver, of course. And that was Audi. Audi said, oh, yes, please, we'll have him. <laughs> and good decision. That yep. worked out quite well for both parties. He's driven a, a raft of different machinery. Um, it was DTM champion, wasn't he? Three times. Yeah. He was also the Dacia Logan Cup champion, but no, he doesn't like to talk about that too much. Oh, I'd be bragging <laughs> about that massively. I, I, I remember his, I think it was his first championship. I was I was at the last round of the DTM that year to call a race from trackside in the TT Cup cars, which had all of the Audi legends in them. Well, that wasn't carnage, of course. Frank Stippler won the race. Um, and they were getting ready for the big party and I wanted to do an interview with Rene for Midweek Motorsport that following week and so I sent him a note and he said, you still at the track? He says, yeah, I, I'm, come on, come up now we're getting ready for the party but there's nobody around so he sat down and gave me half an hour of his time after he's just won the championship and we had a big chat about everything of course before I turned the, the microphone on just a super bloke we are so fortunate in sports car racing to have some really good people around. Totally agree. We are, aren't we? Yeah. Hey John, you talked about the fact that we've, we've got all 59, we've had all 59 cars out on a racetrack, but uh, the number uh, 10 Konica Minolta Acura, that's completed only four laps in this session. Philip Albuquerque at the wheel of that car. It's probably in the garage, I can't see it on pit lane. Uh, and the other, the other GTP car that hasn't turned many laps is number 31 uh, wheel and engineering Cadillac uh, as well. That's just turned six laps during this session. And uh, we heard, who was it was telling us earlier on about the, you have to be, you know, manage the, the tyres during the session. They have a limited number of tyres they can use during the practice sessions. Um, and uh, I wonder whether it's that or whether there is any sort of an issue with either of those two cars, number, six, uh, number 10 and 31. Well, Cher has news on another car that is in the pit lane in this crowd strike pit report, Cher. Uh, looks like the 85, which is the JDC Miller Motorsport Porsche 963, has a broken driver's side door latch because Richard Westbrook came into the pit lane with the door wide open. And I guarantee that wasn't because he wanted a little bit of fresh air. Uh, now the crew is actually trying to figure out how to get it to seat back in place because, of course, it being the driver's side door, they can't tape it shut. That would be a big no-no from IMSA safety. Good point, Chip. Thank you. 
Blanchett is already striding purposefully down to WTR with Andretti to see if she can find out what's going on there. Leaders in class, Kevin Estra for the sixth Porsche. It's the 0-4 uh, in LMP2, which leads the lead for Colin Brown, leads the way for Colin Brown. That's the CrowdStrike Racing by Algarve Pro Racing in GTD, Catherine Legg and Gradient Racing back to the top. They've got a little performance break. They've been quick anyway. Uh, Catherine and Sheena were great value last night at one Daytona. Um, although, <laughs> uh, it could be the end of a lovely friendship as Sheena brought the news that Catherine's bought herself a motorcycle, which her mum and dad didn't know. <laughs> and Derek was standing out there. That was a hilarious moment. <laughs> um, same bike that Jensen Button had at one stage as well, as we found out later on. Uh, and in G- GTD Pro, Jack Hawksworth for Vassa Sullivan in the Lex- Lexus. A uh, car nipping back behind the wall. Sheer Adam. Three Corvette. They were waiting for it to come to its pit box, and instead it made the hard left turn back to the garage. Good thing that's where I'm walking anyway. Yes, there may be a few people to have a, a look at there as we continue with 44 minutes still to go in this opening session so just over the half distance Jeremy and what I'm seeing here is a lot of teams playing themselves in in race week no worry if you are just joining us on IMSA Radio here no worry about finding a setup for a Banzai qualifying lap here. This is all about getting the car balanced up in different conditions for the race. Yeah, and set up for a Banzai lap at the end of the race. Well, yes, very good point. <laughs> yeah, one, which one thirty yeah. on Sunday. The car needs. This uh-huh. is this is what we're dialing the car in for. One o'clock to one forty on Sunday. Absolutely. So we're not looking for outright, good point. outright uh, qualifying pace, but we are looking for a good, consistent uh, race race pace here. And your tyre management is going to be a factor. They they. Uh, all of the teams here, and particularly the prototypes, will have to be uh, double stinting tyres during this race. And for the GTPs, that is a big factor because the, uh, the drop-off from one stint to the next is quite substantial. So um, tyre management and uh, when you, you do your, uh, your, your double stinting is going to be pretty sort of interesting. I mean, I mean bottom line is they're all going to get their double stinting done as early as they can without losing too much time so that for the final probably six hours of the race at least it'll be uh, pretty much fresh fresh tires and everything. And our crowd strike pit lane reporters will have to keep an eye on that we although all the information is held by IMSA and Michelin because of the RFID chip it doesn't come out of that not like the WEC where we can see how long each of the tires have been on the track I'm campaigning I'm going to keep campaigning for us to get that information and for that to be on uh, on a screen somewhere ah we have news about the Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Motorsport Acura the number 10 uh, that is not in the pit lane Shay Adam you're back in the garages it's up on the high stands and there are a lot of oh. uh, bottles that are labelled Brembo nearby and a lot of brakes being bled at the front of the car uh, it's up on the high high stands like I said there's a little bit of urgency but not a great deal this car did get a good deal of running during the roar before the 24 so they feel like they kind of know what they've got especially the team the have second in this race last year with this car and second in the championship although it is a lot heavier than it was when it ran at the Rolex last 
last year. But, yeah, they've got some Loctite out. They're screwing things back in in the front. Uh, might get out by the end. How, how long is left in the session, John? Uh, we've got 41 minutes. To go. Shit, is the, yeah. wind, is the windscreen out? I've got the binos yep. on, you know. Is the windscreen out that car? Yeah, they've got the windscreen out so they can get better access to the cockpit as well. Oh, wow. uh, so the car is in very much a state of disrepair right now. But 41 minutes, yeah, these guys can get it fixed. Shit, Adam with a crowd strike. Well, paddock report there. Back into the pit lane with a movable aero device for the yellow submarine. And that is the driver's door again for the number 85 JDC Porsche. And that has got the attention of the pit official down there. Meantime, new fastest lap at the top of the standings. Jeremy Shaw. That would be Sebastian Bourdais in car number 01, the Cadillac Racing entry run by the uh, Chip Ganassi team. 1 minute 36.255 for the uh, Frenchman and uh, if we look at the fastest uh, race lap from last year it was 35, 35.6 so 6 tenths of a second away from that fastest lap or the lap record for GTP that was set in this race one year ago very, very ominous pace for the, the zero one. they've been super consistent and fast all the way through the, the roar test, qualified in second um, and really one of the one of the cars that's been consistently in the 1 minute 35s in the roar um, and 136.2 in this session where drivers and teams appear to be working on long run race pace it's, uh, uh, or certainly not pushing too hard uh, that's very ominous. You look at the track temperature as well, bearing in mind it's just 5 to 11 in the morning local time here at Daytona International Speedway we've already got 39 degrees Celsius track temperature oh, really? and 90 Fahrenheit. So, oh, nine, track temperature. Track temperature, yeah. yes. I'm seeing 32 and 70. Oh, no, hang on. No, I'll, I'll, I'll go back. Screen's frozen. Stand, stand yeah, by, Cola. I've, I've had that too, uh, I'm being honest. So, but yeah, but it, there's quite bright sunlight here at uh, Daytona International Speedway this morning, so the, the track is heating up quite quickly. So, that's obviously going to wear the tyres more and the teams I'm sure will be conscious of that of not actually using their allocation too much and really making sure they go into the race with the best tyre package they can have. We saw this didn't we and we've seen it over the last few years that when the sun is out even if air temperature isn't hot the the energy the solar energy that goes into the racing surface here does heat it up however a cloud goes across the sun for even a couple of minutes, and we're going to get one of those in a wee while. Um, then the temperature, I would say, plunges, but you will lose several degrees of, of track temperature. Uh, hello to all of you tuned in. Good to have your company. Uh, Aston Martin Racing tuned in. Uh, Simon Strang listening in. We'll have some uh, video for you later on today when we have our first wheel and Mazda MX-5 Cup race we've got qualified for that coming and then of course we've got more Mission and Pilot Challenge with their four hour race tomorrow all the archive coming up on imsaradio.com and you'll also see Shea's Road to Daytona uh, as well What a what a GTP race oh. we're, in, we're, we're set in for. Chesselard uh, just across the grass on the entry to the Limon back 
chicane. Scenic route. Yes, but no harm, no foul. That blue Ferrari, I've, I've always thought, looks very elegant indeed. Chetilar machine, it's yeah, gorgeous. They've, they've really enjoyed their time uh, in IMSA. They come back for the Michelin Endurance Cup every year, the Chetilar team. They used to run the 488 before taking delivery of the, the latest 296. But you look at the times in GTP right now, you've got all five manufacturers in the top five right now. Excuse me, all four, excuse me, in the top five. Uh, you've got two Porsches in there, and they're covered by four-tenths of a second. Yeah, I mean, it, we've got nine of the cars covered by just just under nine-tenths, and uh, the top seven within half a second. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be tight. And they've, they've done a really good job, I think, of balancing the performances. Very different cars with completely different powertrains, um, and the cars look different as well, don't they? So, yeah, this, this is fun. It's going to be it's, it's wide open at the moment. Very exciting. Very exciting. This is just practice one. This is practice one in LMP2. It's the CrowdStrike car that leads the way of the 04. George Kurtz now at the wheel there. Colin Brown put in a 139.4. Uh, Sowery, actually. Uh, I think it was Colin who put the 139.4. Or was it Sowery? Excuse me. Um, Colin had done three purple sectors and then came straight into the pits. So... Um, so you're, you're right, excuse me, Jeremy. So, so then Nico Pino at the wheel of the number two uh, LMP2. That's United Autosports. United Autosports here with two cars in LMP2. Brilliant to see. Yes. And their uh, technical director, Jakob Andreasen, who spent uh, quite a few years at uh, McLaren. He was race engineer for Lewis Hamilton uh, when Lewis started his career. And Jakob's a, a really, really good guy. What uh, a character. Jacob, yes, yeah, brilliant. Uh, uh, not here this weekend. No, oh, he, was he, here, he was here for the Raw, uh, and he, he looks after all the, uh, the the programs for McLaren. So this week he's gone back to to Europe, and they're, they're starting testing with the McLaren GT3 cars, getting ready for their WEC campaign. Yeah, the WEC. Uh, I was introduced to Jacob at the back end of the last year's WEC season when I went to Bahrain, and as luck would have it, we all ended up in the same lounge. Uh, very lovely five-star lounge at Bahrain. That new airport is fantastic, by the way. Just running long there for the CrowdStrike car, but that is, uh, excuse me, for the TDS car, uh, but that car is running quite nicely. Yeah, had a long chat about all kinds of motorsport. He's, he, to use one of your very good things, he is a proper student of the sport. Yeah. He, he could talk to you about pretty much any four-wheeled motorsport he does like a bit of bikes as well he's a top guy and he's got so many great stories that we were in there early the Grand Prix had finished so we all whizzed up after the Grand Prix and the end of a season party and um, we had uh, Andy Cotton from Race Car Engineering Gary Robertshaw was there I was there and Jakob was there and we're all sitting around a table and the stories were just flying and then what do you think about this what do you think about that and all of a sudden two and a bit hours ago and we oh we've got to go for the plate <laughs> you, know, you know his stepfather is is, is John Bright ah. who uh, who uh, used to Close. run the, the Coca-Cola Porsche yes. over here he ran Brian Redmond's uh, Lola with, with, which he, with which he won the first ever IMSA GTP championship what was that 81, 82 uh, John did and uh, yeah real one of the real characters in this sport so yeah Jakob knows his racing of course he's an early claim to fame for Jakob was in 1991. He was a, a gopher for the, for the uh, second year of the TBSA scholarship. When we, was we, he really? We, we ran uh, 
Brian Herter that year, and John Bright was was part of the group running the car, and Jakob was there as, a, as a, just a helper, along with a, a school, a, a, a college buddy of his, uh, Andrew Cumbers, who now is working at Alpine F1. It's going to sound two gophers that yeah. did uh, pretty well for themselves. So not only looking after the drivers, Jeremy, but uh, bringing yeah, the next absolutely. the next generations of, uh, of of engineers and team management through at Team USA. Excellent stuff. Changing, oh, no change in GT, excuse me. It's still the uh, the um, number 66 gradient racing accurate leads the way. That time set by Catherine Legg earlier on. She's sharing that car full season, of course, as as per last year with uh, Sheena Monk. Slightly different colours on the car this year. Well, same colours on the car this year, just a slightly different order. It's, uh, last year it's more green and less white. This year it's more white and less green. Yeah, green it's the away strip, isn't it? It's sort of the away strip of... <laughs> It's the yeah. island away strip rather yeah, than exactly. the island home strip. Yeah. I always remember that great quote from brilliant Jack Charlton from my neck of the woods when he was managing the Republic and they were playing Northern Ireland and somebody said, um, who's going to change their colours? And Big Jack said, there's no nonsense Northumberland accent. Don't say why anybody has to. Uh, we wear green and white and they wear white and green. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, the Tati- Tatiana Calderon yes. during that uh, that pair for this weekend, and then the the, the, the token male is Stephen McAleer who's Talk. driving that car. Whoa. car at the moment. Another little off for the TDS <laughs> yellow and black car. Michael Jensen, that's unusual. Uh, unusual. Just losing the front end coming through the Le Mans chicane on the exit, where there is still grass and dirt. Ah, now I am watching. A Corvette, a yellow Corvette going out of the pit lane. And that, I think, Shadam, is the number three. It is. Which you reported from our CrowdStrike's pit lane report earlier. It got behind the wall. What was the problem? Well, they were looking in the engine compartment. And the other day, they actually had to pull everything out. They wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything going afoul. Remember, this is a new car, the GT3 Corvette. So they took their time during the roar to check both of the cars. Apparently, a driver had reported some similar feelings. So they took the car back to the garage taking no risks with this car whatsoever. And now Antonio Garcia back out behind the wheel of the number three, so everything is good. And if the Corvette engineers tell you it's good, I tend to trust them. Yeah, that's a reasonable uh, reasonable assumption, as we are now down to just on half an hour, 31 minutes to go in what is perfect weather conditions here at Daytona. If you're just joining us, what have we what have we got? 16 o'clock back in the UK, 17 o'clock in Europe on a Thursday afternoon. Bit of sneaky listening in from work before you head off home. Oh, what, oh you want me to be quiet so the boss doesn't hear. Okay, <laughs> that seems that seems reasonable. Friday afternoon racing tomorrow with the BMW M Endurance. Four hours for Mission Pilot Cup. We'll have that. If you're outside of the US, happy days. You've got that uh, in sound and vision. And that will be worth tuning in for, as ever, one of the two Enduros. The second being a, a programme headlining uh, event uh, as we go back to Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Looking forward to that. That will also be the first round of the new uh, Mustang Challenge as well, which I'm looking forward to having my sternum rattled as a field of 20-odd of those head round the circuit. Spot on half an hour to go, Jeremy. Yeah, I've got to... Uh, Total of 220 or well, 228 drivers in the uh, 
Rolex 24 at Daytona this weekend because uh, Ben Keating is driving two different cars, as is his, his, his want. As is his want, yes. He's uh, driving the number two uh, United Autosports LMP2 car in his traditional wins colours, but also sharing the number 85 JDC Miller Motorsports GTP entry as well, Porsche. So he's going to be a busy guy this weekend. And one of the, one of the drivers who's at the wheel of number eight uh, Tower Motorsports LMP2 car at the moment is a, is a name I might not get a chance to mention during a race because it'll take most of the race to, prove, to say his name. And my, uh, my uh, apologies in advance for, for messing up his name right now, but that would be Ferdinand Zvonimir, Maria Baltus, Keith, Michael Otto, Antel Barnum, Leonard von Habsburg Lothringen, who is driving the number eight car at the moment, better known as Ferdy Habsburg. Yeah, just Ferdy. Yeah. He likes Ferdy. And. Uh, <laughs> So do we. There's another character uh, as well. Spent a lot of time talking to him down the last few years. And what a fabulous driver he has turned into. Aristocratic family, of course, from uh, from Austria. And uh, I mean, there's so much racing in that family's blood. You know, he's his uh, his. Was it nephew? Is it uncle? Is Jamie Campbell Walter? Uh, also, his cousin. That's right. His yeah, manager. His cousin and, and, well. and his manager as yeah. well. Uh, and uh, and Ferdy's sister is married to Jerome D'Ambrosio as well. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, no shortage of, of racing heritage there. GSAW could tell you. We should get him up in the booth overnight. Yeah. So he could tell you a few stories about uh, his. Uh, GT1 World Championship days with the Lister Lister Storm yeah they, Ferdy of course signed as uh, an Alpine factory driver for their upcoming uh, hypercar programme which I think is a, a huge endorsement of his as you said John his hard work that he's, uh, well, Jeremy, that he's done Jeremy often talks about the single seat the ladder and raises his eyebrows once in a while when he feels people have moved up without quote unquote doing their apprenticeship yeah. but Ferdy's done his apprenticeship yeah. And he's proved himself, and it would be easy to just say, uh, you know, European aristocracy, here we go. Um, however, he has proved himself at every single point of that, every step of the ladder, if you will, to continue the analogy. And to be recognised as he has, he's yeah. worked his way into a factory drive and, yeah. and you know... All, all power, more power to his elbow. He's, he's done it the right way, Jeremy, for my money. Yeah, and for his absolutely problem. right. Yeah, as you say, yeah, came up through the open wheel ranks. He was third in the uh, the Euro Formula Formula Three Championship in 2016, so a while ago now. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, a, a very very well qualified driver, and uh, it's it's a great opportunity for him to join that program. And, and he loves driving here at uh, Daytona as well. This is be his fourth start in the uh, 24 hours his best finish was a, a fifth overall a, a third in class so he'd been on the podium here before and he wants to get onto that top step this weekend at Imsa Radio if you want to get in touch Jerry Z has he's here in Florida he says looks like the weather's cooperating I'm going to try and get up there tonight for night practice but with a bit of work still to get through today that might have to be early tomorrow morning Jerry we'll have qualifying for you tonight oh excuse me uh, practice night practice for you uh, this evening and bring you some of the atmosphere uh, from what is going on out on the track currently circulating the AWA 
Corvette coming out of the Western Horseshoe in that very distinctive colourway with the red and white stripe down the middle on that metallic green car. Looks absolutely stunning. Uh, yes, please, for the slot car on that one when it comes out. And that car uh, at the moment uh, circulating, as most seem to be. We've had a couple of little niggles and we've still got the JDC Miller Porsche the bright yellow number 85 in the pit. In fact, as I say that, it has dropped off its Jackson rolls out. And uh, I think that was a driver change here, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It is now Phil Hansen aboard that car. And I'm waiting for Richard Westbrook to finish his debrief with uh, Tom and Vanderhelm before I can jump over and ask him just why he chose to open the door. No, I know he <laughs> to open the door at 200 miles an hour. No, he's just waving. Just waving to his fans, of which they're... There are many. Phil Hansen, there's another driver who's worked his way through uh, in a very sensible way. Also out on the circuit at the moment uh, is the the movie car. This is the 120, uh, which is the Wright Motorsports 911 GT3R. Elliot Skier listed us behind that, but I thought we saw Jan Halen get into that car, but neither of their names are on the car. Uh, of that car this is uh, on their fire suits we've got P-Long and I saw that on the header room uh, and one of the uh, drivers is of course going to be Sonny Hayes this weekend that's not a uh, comment on the weather uh, this is the new motor racing film that Lewis Hamilton Brad Pitt among others, Jerry Bruckheimer, um, among others, all involved with. It essentially is looking at Formula One. Um, however, there is a part of the storyline, like the start of the story is in the IMSA GT and endurance ranks with uh, the Sonny Hayes character extensive amount of filming around Formula 1 last year, which apparently now they're not going to use all of that and they'll refilm the Formula 1 this year with the new cars for 2024, the new liveries for 2024 The GTP field is now only covered by 0.64 of a second, the entire field Remarkable and Roman Dumas has just gone in for a few laps of the uh, Mustang sampling Proton Competition Porsche. Roma is a, a real racer's racer. If he's not in a car going quick, he's he's not uh, he, he's not alive. Um, he's just he's got back. Pike's Peak. Overall Pike, champion. Pike, he's, he's still the record holder there. Yeah. Uh, he's just returned from a nearly a month uh, in Saudi Arabia, competing in the Dakar Rally, where he set overall top five times in. Uh, in a privately entered car, which against the works teams is incredibly impressive. He also set the world record for the highest altitude climbed in a motor car uh, in a 911. Dakar? Uh, in a 911. Well, uh, da- Dakar-ish. Dakar-ish. Yeah, yeah that's good. Maybe that's <laughs> have that on the back. Dakar-ish. Dakar-ish. You've got 911 GTS, Dakar-ish. Um, but running on fully uh, synthetic fuel uh, in uh, in Chile, where they they did the, the record attempt successfully. So this is the third generation of Porsche prototype, um, fully developed at Porsche anyway prototype. He had 
driven some uh, Daytona prototypes with a Porsche engine, but he had the uh, RS Spider. He was fully involved from start to finish in that program. The 919 hybrid, likewise, and uh, Porsche 963. This is his first outing in that uh, new edition. Yeah, uh, uh, amazing. I mean, he's made made nine previous starts in a row at 24 as Roman Juma, but last time he was here it was 2018. Yeah. Amazing, it's that's long ago. Yeah. Uh, he was doing other things, wasn't he? He yeah. started with on, up at Pikes Peak an enormous chassis um, of his own because he likes a bit of hill climbing. And that then sort of morphed into the VW IDR. Well, the, the Norma, he borrowed the wheels from the RS Spider from uh, Roger Penske. This, this is the sort of contacts that Roman's got on his phone. And his next, you know who his next door neighbour is? Julian Ingrassi, a nine-time World Rally Champion uh, really? uh, co-driver, yeah. He, um, it's a fast street. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not the fastest driver in the world, I'm just the fastest driver in my seat. Still having problems for the number 11 TDS LMP yeah. two car. Still Michael Jensen, who's sharing the wheel of that car driver. He's pushing. I, I, I'll give him his due. He's not been intimidated by the slightly vague handling of the front of that car through the through the Le Mans chicane. Augusto Farfus just had a quick uh, off there as well. Dries well. Vantor did earlier too. So there's clearly, it doesn't look hugely windy outside, mind you. No. It is behind the drivers as they come Under into the... Under two miles an hour is yeah, what it says should be a problem. officially. Dries um, Vantor not too long ago moved up into the fourth position overall in the, in the second of the BMW. Still running around in third in car number 25. Uh, Dries Vanthor set the time that it's fourth, but that's a car driven now by Augusto Farfus, kind of a 24. Yeah, and just a quick note, the Heart of Racing have just got the 27 Heart of Racing penalty drive-through for working on the car outside of the pit lane. I, I, I realise the, you know, I, I, I say that it, it has no bearing other than they've got to come down, but just to let you know that Race Control are setting out their stall very very early indeed and Jeremy did you just spot the Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport number 10 Acura back out I did and uh, Shay Adam of course knows her stuff she uh, was about 20 minutes ago she said yeah that team can get that car that was in the garage area up on the high sands without a windscreen and uh, and uh, brake fluid bottles all over the place uh, out before the end of the session. Well, yes, comfortably so, because we've still got over 19 minutes remaining. Philip Albuquerque is at the wheel of the number 10 car, and uh, he's competed, uh, well, just, I think, two, I think he's done four laps before, so he's done a, another three laps. Just completed his eighth lap overall. He's improved to 137.432, so moves ahead of the quickest of the LMP2 cars. Tenth position overall, then for car number 10. Sure, no, no doubt about it. More time to come from that car as well. A couple of driver changes. Scott Dixon's just taken out the Cadillac 01. That's with the gold front. Connie Connor De Filippi has taken out the number 25 BMW, which is listed in third position. Uh, Gustav Farfus, as we've mentioned, his teammate already out there. Uh, Kevin Estra in the pit lane for Porsche Penske Motorsports. Uh, who's just gone? quicker I saw a green time there oh there it is Philippe Albuquerque we're Taylor racing with Andretti Autosports that's the 10th place car and that was a 
4-3-2. She's gone through again on a 4-9-7, so that wasn't a flash in the pan. The 10-car field, then one second between them. But if you take that number 10 car out, which has been off the track a little bit, uh, just six tenths of a second between Scott Dixon and Armand Dumas in the Cadillac and the Porsche, respectively. Into the pit lane for Lamborghini number 19. That looks fairly standard. Yes, one of the, the Iron Lynx car comes in. One of the Iron Lynx cars. Lamborghini, yeah. yeah, that's the car. It's, uh, it's quite a lineup. Jordan Pepper, <laughs> Roman Grosjean, Andrea think? Caldarelli, and Frank Pereira. Yeah, they've they've kicked the ball, as, uh, as some might say. Yeah, there's this GTD Pro, of course. That car. Weak link, not seeing one there. Uh, we'll see the new SC63, of course, next time out. Be the debut for that car here in Imza as it uh, prepares for the rest of the season, that's the new GTP car rather hoping we were going to see it here but just got a little bit behind schedule and rather than bring the car out without it being 100% ready uh, they thought it best to leave it till the bumps of Sebring, give it a good shake down literally and Roma Grosjean and Andrea Caldarelli they'll be in the Michelin Endurance Cup races in that Lamborghini alongside Matteo Cairoli who is a Porsche works driver for, for several years really made his name in, uh, in Porsches uh, and it was a really late starter actually to, to racing but got into it straight away and just picked it up very quickly and uh, he, he was very very proud to be a Porsche driver and likewise very very proud as, of course as an Italian Designed for an Italian factory Lamborghini, it's a it's a great a great opportunity uh, for uh, Matteo to step into a prototype for the first time. Here comes the team car sitting in behind it. The 19 is the bright lime green car. The 60 60 is the highlighter yellow car. Both have the gloss black roof and inlay panel uh, at the front. So it, th- now they do look like a, so. Um, you've just got this for you. Your Christmas present. This is the Lamborghini GT3 Skill Extra set with the green car and the yellow car. It's dropped into the pit lane. Who was behind the wheel of that one as it came in? That was Claudio Schiavone. He brought that car in. That GTD field here looks absolutely superb. All of a sudden, gentlemen, we're down to the last quarter of an hour. Where did that time go? Yeah, really. Yeah, it's, uh, and we haven't seen many uh, many recent improvements in lap times in any of the classes, really. We were talking about uh, Ferdy Habsburg uh, in the number eight tower uh, LMP took. He did improve his time uh, 10 or 15 minutes ago now into the ninth position, LMP2. Also, just a few laps ago, James Collado in a recent competition, Ferrari. 296 GT3. He improved to third fastest in GTD Pro, sixth overall in GTD, if you like, uh, at a 1 minute 47.040. The quickest time in GTD is a non pro entry of uh, uh, Catherine Legg at 146.585. A bit of an interesting situation that. Occurred earlier on with Richard Westbrook having to come into the pit lane a couple of times with his door open on the JDC 
Miller Porsche 963. Let's find out why uh, that was, what was going on. Let's take a crowd strike pit report with Shea Adam. Well, Rick, I would ask if you were just waving to all your adoring fans by opening the door on the JDC Miller Motorsport Porsche, but I think it was a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, I think it was my shoulder uh, just in the braking zone. I, we made a little tweet to the inside, and um, as you brake, obviously your body goes forward, and I think it was just pushing the door open because they were trying everything, and they couldn't couldn't find the problem, so I just kept my shoulder down. Something as simple, simple as that, but it's best to find these things out now. That's what practice is all about. Uh, exactly. You guys have had a long debrief after you got out of the car. This team has had the car for quite a few races last year, but how much are you still helping them develop it? Yeah, I think, I think honestly, this is the first time we've been really trying with the setup and working on performance. I, I mean, as I know, there's so much work involved in just making these cars run. So they probably didn't spend a lot on fine-tuning last year, but now they've got a hold of the car. We can really focus on that. And, I mean, so far, honestly, the car feels really good. It feels really nice. We feel really competitive. Uh, we feel like we're in the mix, and um, both my teammates are really fast. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to the race. I know that you're grinning from ear to ear at the thought of a full season back in the U.S. in the top class. You have so many friends in all the other categories as well. How hard did you fight to get back to IMSA? Yeah, I, I wrote to Santa, actually, and, uh, yeah, he came good. Yeah, I asked him if I could come back to him, sir, and, uh, yeah, that's what he delivered to me on Christmas Day. So, no, honestly, you, you know you know me. I, I love it here. I've got so many friends here, and Antonio, my, my buddy's here, and, you know, it just feels like normal again, and uh, um, I'm so pleased to be back. With so many friends racing in GT cars, do you know who's in the GT field to try and give some people a little more leniency and maybe some people a little less? I'm, I'm definitely getting nicer in my old age, so I feel like I'm too nice to all of them. Uh, I don't dive bomb into the bus stop so much, but I, I do now and again. But no, I mean, it's all about respect and, you know, you got to work with both classes and... Uh, there's times when you need to attack and there's times when it's just pointless attacking because um, you both lose out. So it's, um, it's a fine line, but yeah, I've got so many friends and I don't want to upset any of them. You and Jess have been very busy with your new brewing venture. I know it's a couple of yeah. years old now, but it's really taken off lately. When yeah. are we going to get the Westbrook line over to North America? Yeah, we're going to come to the US in probably 18 months. So um, yeah, I need to speak to uh, John Doonan and see if we can set up a Westbrook's Brewery little pop-up bar at each race for the fans. I think I think that would be an awesome idea. Well, you need to start making some bubbly so you can spray your own champagne in victory lane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Mexican lager would be good on that. Yeah, that's, that's fizzy enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see All what right. we can do for Sunday. Thanks, right. Rick. Thank you. Nice one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Westbrook. Yeah, uh, along with his wife Jess, two lovely, lovely people. And hard to think he's going to be the oldest driver in GTP. He's not this year. Well, yeah, apart from his teammate here, uh, Ben Keating, right. who's sharing that car with him this weekend. Those, those are two uh, most experienced in terms of life drivers in the GTP field. Um, he's done this motorsport. and Jess have done this um, motorsport sort of uh, themed brewing which includes um, a Lime Rock uh, IPA, a Paratalta, um, Paratalda, um, a Mexican Lager, 
Um, I think it's a carousel pilsner, my favourite. You like the carousel pilsner? You, you very tried kindly that. gave us a couple yeah. of cans when I was with you last, and yeah, absolutely superb uh, stuff. And well, I, I speak from a position of authority as a, a beer-bellied Scot. <laughs> Only you can say that. It's uh, westbrookbrewing.com, <laughs> and uh, you can order online if you're in the UK, but you have to be over 18, of course. And we uh, ask you to drink responsibly and never when you're driving bit of a battle going on all of a sudden uh, with uh, Euro Interpol competition and United Autosports having a bit of a crack at the Le Mans chicane last time around we saw a pickup truck this morning a black Ford pickup truck coming in this morning with a whole new nose cone for an interview I presume he was part of the team or hopefully he was he had just nicked it was driving out with it he was driving in right? it was driving in uh, but you know, could have been going to a campsite. <laughs> well, if we, if we see someone take uh, cooking barbecue out of it later, we know who's uh, we know where it's come from. Fantastic! I've, I've, the, it's amazing how the, the racing community can get together uh, when there's a part that needs to be brought over, or a, a helmet, or there's all sorts of things that have made their uh, made their way over for drivers. Uh, Tim Gray up in London, who's our executive producer, has suggested that Westy could perhaps offer. Uh, a, a solution to that door popping pop home and it needs a ring pull on it rather than the normal, <laughs> the normal oh, he's on it this one. morning <laughs> oh, he, right he is right he is at Imsa Radio if you'd like to get in touch eight and a half to go it is Scott Dixon in the fastest car at the moment time put in by his teammate 136.255 against a 2.81 for the Porsche Penske Motorsport yes that's right Point zero two six of a second between the Cadillac and the best of the Porsche Penske Motorsport 963s, it's the number six in second. Then two BMW M Hybrid V8s, uh, fully a tenth uh, of a second away from the top. 0.88 and 0.05. I mean, just tremendous stuff. The top four cars under, well, let's call it a tenth of a second. It is a tenth of a second between the top four. Two and a half tenths back to Matt Campbell and Porsche Penske Motorsports. Number seven car, which is in fifth. And four tenths of a second to Louis Delatraz, who's now in the Wayne Taylor Racing. Number 40, their second car this year. If you missed that, uh, two cars for WTR with... Andretti Autosport, two Acuras. Uh, the top six separated by four-tenths of a second. Top seven, four-tenths of a second. Jack Aiken now in the wheel and engineering Cadillac. That will be the pole car on Sunday. Qualifying done and dusted. Red and white Cadillac, number 31. Phil Hansen out behind the wheel of the number 85. Porsche 963 just taking that out. He's half a second away. Six-tenths away for Roman Dumas. The, the outlier here is the Wayne Taylor Racing uh, number 10 uh, the Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport number 10 because that car had a brake fluid leak earlier on and they are making up for lost time just 13 laps completed by that car Romain Dumas Porsche has done 43 44 for the other Wayne Taylor Racing car very quickly it is still Toby Sowery for the CrowdStrike Racing 04 Orica that leads from Pato or Ward. Uh, 39.4 for Sauby last time around. 39.8 last time around. Best time was a 39.4. All right, so Toby is, is on, on the case here. Yeah, in sorry. The number 04 car. 
that was quite early in the session yes, where the track was quite a bit cooler. It's it's up to 95 Fahrenheit now. Yeah, that's the quickest time we've seen for a long time. I don't remember seeing a, a, a time in the 30 uh, nines for quite a bit. Got a drive-through penalty for the number 66 crew. That is the NSX. Gradient Racing. Improper attire while fueling. Better to learn that now. Uh, just a, a heads up for Connor Zillish for ERA Motorsport. Graduated up from MX5. Meantime, the green 66 is going around. Connor, who eschewed the opportunity to win the championship in the £250,000 by doing some Trans Am racing last year as he headed off for his mid-season uh, break to go and do the Trans Ams that clashed. He was leading the championship and, in fact, he won more races in MX5 last year than anyone else, but he didn't compete in all of them and that took him out of the championship hunt. But uh, he is developing his career, that young man. And he is the youngest driver in the field, Jeremy has just mentioned. Uh, let's go to our CrowdStrike pit reporter, Shea Adam, for some penalty news. Normally, when it's an improperly attired crew member, it has to do with someone not wearing fireproof socks or not wearing their fireproof underwear, taking their own safety into risk when they're going over the wall. What's happening right now is there are team members who are not attired at all who are standing on the wall, sitting on the wall, wearing shorts, perhaps, not supposed to be near the hot pits, who are indeed taking... Well, let's just say liberties with the pit wall. So that's what those penalties are being called for right now. We're setting the precedent during practice so that people don't think they can get comfy during the race when we are in more danger. That makes perfect sense. Quite a few cars in the pit lane as we're inside the last four minutes. What have we learned, Jeremy? Um learned that the GTP fields very close together haven't we uh, for sure yeah we've learned all the fields are pretty close together um, not, yeah, not really a lot I don't think today other than the fact that you know, most of the cars run reliably uh, which is good to see a couple of little niggles here and there but I don't think any major problems the least number of laps completed by any of the cars I think is 14 which is the Another of the Andretti team cars, this is number 43 uh, in GTD, that was last year that the uh, Andretti team ran uh, a uh, Aston Martin with no luck at all, uh, changed to a, a, a Porsche for this year, number 40, and changed the number as well to 43. That's the Andretti Motorsports as opposed to Andretti Global. Yeah. That's uh, Jarrett Andretti along with his regular driver, co-driver Gary Chavez and then joining him Thomas Prining from Austria who's been part of the, the Porsche program for years and years and years and Scott Hargrove from Canada from BC uh, in British Columbia and Canada making his return to the sport after quite a long time out uh, a former uh, front runner and champion in the open wheel ranks and also in the uh, Canadian front runner in the Canadian GT3 Porsche series as well back in the uh, late teens between 2014 and 2017. Scott Dixon starting to rev it up. Just gone purple in the first sector. Well, he hasn't. I mean, it's not like he's becoming a, 
angry minion behind the wheel. He's put in a time that has flashed up purple on our screen. Magenta means fast and fastest. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, time as he was very close to the wall indeed as he turned in for the Le Mans chicane. He comes to, just bear with me for a second, Chase, as Dixie's coming round because he's only got the run through the tri-oval out of Speedway Turn 4 to go. He tucks down to within half a car's width of the yellow line. He's got a little bit of traffic, but it might give him a wee bit of a draft coming through towards the end of the pit lane now. And there's a car that stopped on the pit lane apron. That looks like one of the works Corvettes. Dixon goes through and does a 136.862 as against a 136.0. Huh? From last time, uh, from the best of that car. In fact, I think no, he's a bit he, quicker he's than just, that. He's just gone fastest, John. Uh, he has. At okay. a 36.012. The previous lap was a 36.2, which is only fractionally slower than the best time that had been turned in that car by Sebastian Bourdais, which was the fastest time of the day so far. But Dixie has just improved on that then, uh, as you were describing. 136.012 then by uh, about a quarter of a second. The number 01 car goes fastest Picking his inside way the final minute. Picking his way through traffic. Let's go down to Shea Adam, who is at Algar Pro Racing, the CrowdStrike team. Yeah, with George Kurtz, because, George, you've got to be happier. Yeah, it's a little bit warm out. More people are uncomfortable. But your car, P1, at the end of the first official practice session, how do you keep it there through the rest of the week? Well, we certainly biased uh, our tuning last week for, for this week, right? So we made some compromises last week, and... Uh, I think they're going to pay off for this week, given the warm weather. And, you know, we got a great team. we got some good laps here. But uh, it's really just the first session of this week, and we'll see what we can do uh, when it really counts. How does the tire restrictions affect you guys in LMP2? Because, in essence, you've got more sets to play with than anyone else in the field. Well, we always uh, – I don't think you talk to a driver that says they have enough tires. So uh, we're just going to be judicious, use them when we can. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's really a matter of focusing on getting the car right for the race, for the long stints, and uh, being smart about the tire allocation. Um, I'll get a few new tires just to get some, some good runs in, and the rest of the guys, uh, they're all pros and know what they need to do. Good luck keeping it up front. Yeah, thanks so much. Shout out with the CrowdStrike pit report. Jeremy? Improvement also there for Conor Filippi right at the end. A 136.139 for number 25 BMW up into second position. Uh, Jack Aitken also improves number 31 Whelan Cadillac. He's up to six fastest, 136.6. Checkered flag is out. And who's improving? Novelak looked like he went a bit quicker last time around. Car, uh, the Faf uh, McLaren showing has stopped at Speedway Turn Four. Uh, that's James Hinchcliffe. Yes, that's James Hinchcliffe. Um, I, I, I can see the. It's just actually running onto the trioval. It's right over by the wall, and there is a cut through there back in the paddock. The door is open. And we've got the EMR safety team there. The Cayenne sitting behind the McLaren with the left-hand side door open on the market. And it's a Chevy safety truck ahead of it. So James seems to have pulled that car down there rather than it 
having had an, a whoopsie. He's talking to the guys. He's fine. Door is being closed. And can he restart the car? That is the question. Or is he going to get a flat toe? Do you think he's run out of fuel? Might have done. It's something that the teams tend to do. He's seeing if he can get it restarted at the moment. Very distinctive colour scheme for the FAF McLaren. And that is a new car and a new programme for FAF. Now, coming through onto the braking area of the uh, Le Mans chicane before he went dead stick. He was fine there. And that's all fine through there and then immediately he's, he's lost the engine and he goes down be underneath the yellow line. Shea Adam is at the driveway McLaren pit. They're still holding the signboard out hoping that James can somehow uh, figure a way to get the car back into the pit lane but uh, yes there is a certain lack of liquid energy <laughs> remaining in the car. <laughs> no, no go on the go juice uh, is the answer to that. It is on the toll strop and that will be coming back in um, not with McLaren V8 power uh, however Porpoising looked pretty bad that you were talking about John coming into the, yeah, com- coming in towards the, the Le Mans chicane that really looked to be quite violent actually for that uh, McLaren 720S front end oscillation is really really horrible um, their team car the number 7 he just comes by and the pit- and checkered flag is out by the way so we did the, uh, we did do finish the session, and uh, now you see uh, the 70 Inception car on its last lap had uh, a shortcut through the dirt at Le Mans chicane, and Scott Dixon took the chicane, the tyre wall chicane, uh, to see to give himself a chance of having a look at that. Whether he did that deliberately or it was a uh, a function of what was going on. Quickly then, before we wrap up, we've got very busy day today. Scott Dixon with the fastest time towards the end of that session. A 136.012 for the number one, the 01 Cadillac. Uh, fully a tenth and a quarter ahead of Conor de Filippi's BMW number 25 in second. It's the six Porsche from Porsche Penske Motorsport in third. That's two tenths away uh, from the leading time this is just uh, free practice remember we've already set the grid then bmw team rll's m hybrid in fourth position is augusto farfus matt campbell is a another tenth f- further back for the second of the penske uh, the porsche penske motorsports car we'll run through the whole of the gtp field because the times are very tight into jack aitken and whale engineering the 31 cadillac in sixth seventh for the number 40 wayne taylor accurate Eighth for the 85 JDC Miller car. Problems with the door there for Richard Westbrook. Still only seven tenths away. Eight tenths away. Proton Competitions. Porsche, the Mustang sampling car. Uh, and 1.4 away at the end. But with a truncated session and an interrupted session, actually, is better way to say it with some brake problems. Brake fluid being added to that car. And it was in the uh, paddock area for quite a while. That is the number 10 Acura. In LMP2, Crowdstrike had the fastest time. Toby Sari set it in the 0-4 car quite early on with a 
fifth. No, excuse me. I need to scroll across a little further with a 139.407 in GTD. It was the uh, GTD number 66, Gradient NSX, uh, from uh, the Jack Hawksworth Lexus in GTD Pro. Um, The GTD a tad quicker uh, than the GTD Pro Car, but only a tad. 46.585 to 46.783. It was Catherine Legg who set the time in the JG Wentworth car. My thanks to CrowdStrike pit reporter Shea Adam and in the booth alongside me, John Hindoff, you heard Peter Mackay and Jeremy Shaw. Don't go too far away because here on IMSA Radio RS2 and on 107.9 WWDIS, we have more action from Daytona coming next. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.